We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Do you ever feel like you're always on? What do you do when you need a moment to chill? How do you like to hit the reset button to get ready for what's next? These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nothing but nonstop hustle all the time. Work, family, friends, a million pressing social issues, and an expectation to be on 24-7. Sometimes you just need a moment to turn off and hit the reset button. That's when you reach for an ice-cold Coors Light, the beer that's made to chill. Listen, there's a lot going on in Green Bay right now, and I feel like we could all use a moment to chill with a Coors Light. See, Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's literally made to chill. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. Perfect for a moment to unwind. Coors Light is what I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in their all-new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado, and as always, celebrate. Twenty minutes a day, three hundred sixty-five days a year. This is the Pack a Day podcast. Welcome in, everybody, to another edition of the Pack-A-Day podcast. Happy Thanksgiving, everybody. We're glad that you're taking time out of uh, your holiday to be listening to us talk for the next 25 minutes or so. Dan Kotnick and Chris Schimmel, your appetizer, your, I don't know, I hope we're your main course (laughs) for your your Thanksgiving uh, football entree. Uh, But thanks for tuning in today. Uh, to the Pack a Day podcast, uh, always appreciate listening, and then especially the, being a holiday, uh, taking the time to listen to us today, and especially with the—I uh, mean, it's a football holiday, Chris. Packers not playing today, but still, I mean, Thanksgiving is really kind of the one—I mean, that's the one holiday that is permanently football related. I mean, the su- people say the Super Bowl should be a, a holiday in itself or the Monday after, but I mean, really out of all the days of the year, Thanksgiving is always about football. Oh yeah. And you know, it always seems like a, like a, a Wisconsin tradition that it's Packers against the lions, you know, or, or something like that. So it, it seems kind of strange not having uh, the Packers play Thanksgiving. But I, I will, I, I'll say, I actually, I absolutely hate when we play on Thanksgiving. Really? Because, it, because I, as much as I try, and I, I have, I'm, I've tried to get better at this and separate myself from being a 
100% fanatic and having my ego completely wrapped up in a teen corporation that really has no effect on my life whatsoever. But I digress. Um, the Packers don't have will... any, any impact on your life whatsoever? Oh, no, oh, no, 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 it does. It, it does. does. Okay. And that's the, that's the issue is I wrap my ego way too much in what they do. Um, and oh with, yeah. Like, I'm pretty sure that, uh, oh yeah. I'm pretty sure that, uh, uh, for teams that consistently suck year after year, uh, antidepressants probably skyrocket. <laughs> you know what I mean? Or right. Oh, I, I think and, there's a study has statistically proven that more men are depressed for an entire week after their team is lost. That's how much people invest <laughs> their happiness into sports. Well, and I mean, you know, on the flip side, how many, you know, babies Is are born nine months say. after a championship. Right. Um, but I mean, like, it just, it, it will ruin my Thanksgiving because it just takes up everything that I'm thinking of. I mean, it, I mean, it does it already with the Ohio State-Michigan game. I'm a huge Ohio State fan. I'm looking forward to that. And every Saturday, we have our family Thanksgiving and... Every almost every year, you know, I'm passing a kidney stone as I'm trying to watch this game. And luckily, the past few years haven't been too bad. I'm not expecting the best this year. But so, so, so it's like you just eat this huge turkey. You just gain like ten pounds worth of food, and you just want to sit back and relax. But you know you can't because you need right. to sit back and watch the Packer game. So I, I can understand that it's a love hate relationship. But I bet you that I mean you probably are going to be pretty relaxed this Thanksgiving. I mean compared to. You know, you said you're an Ohio State fan. Bet you you were sweating during that game against Maryland. <laughs> uh, after the the good thing is after the Purdue game uh, a couple of weeks ago, there was a very big sense of relief and calm because I knew that pretty much any hope of doing anything after the a possible Big Ten championship was pretty much gone. So there was kind of this freeing moment that I had where I I, I sort of stopped caring, and now really <laughs> all I have really all I have now is. Uh, is coming up on Saturday, um, but but uh, we're talking NFL football here. We I I had to sidetrack us into college for a little bit, but um, <laughs> I mean I know what I just said about hating watching game, but, but I mean there are still you still have great moments that come out of Thanksgiving games. Obviously, being you know that kind of uh, that kind of atmosphere on game day, and then you're usually playing a huge rival in the Lions or the Cowboys a couple of times. Um, but uh, for you, Chris. Uh, best moment or moments that stick out to you from your your Packer Thanksgiving moments? You know, to me, it to me, I hate doing this. It's a tie between 2011 when the Packers beat the Lions 27-15, the infamous Nadamik and Sue stomping mm-hmm. game. That game was a hell of a lot of fun. And then also was Brett Favre's last Thanksgiving game with the Packers, 2007 against Detroit. He absolutely absolutely lit it up of uh, 31 of 41 381 yards three touchdowns no picks pass rating of 128.2 they beat the lions 37 to 26 you know i, I think i just settled the tiebreaker right there i think the 2007 <laughs> game was, was something really special and unfortunately we i don't feel like the packers have had a really huge thanksgiving game since then yeah, I mean, well, the last time they played, I think, was 2013. And, you know, Aaron Rodgers not playing that game. Oh, wait, didn't they – didn't they – was it 2015 they played the Bears and lost? Was that Thanksgiving? I don't believe so. You don't believe so? No. Yeah, I was going to say, then 2013 when they didn't play and they got killed. Right. So 
I really feel the 2011 game was probably the last really fun Bagger game on Thanksgiving. Yeah. I mean, and I think, too, with that Indomitian Sioux thing, as much as I hate him, uh, <laughs> he that game, I think, kind of uh, reestablished or re-solidified the Packers-Lions rivalry because the Packers are just coming off of a Super Bowl victory. And the Lions are actually starting to trend upwards from, you know, that 0-16 yeah. team a few years previous. And so I think, you know, as dirty as a play as that was, I think it kind of ignited a little bit of something between uh, the Lions and Packers rivalry that has kind of lasted these past couple of years. Oh, yeah, because uh, the Packers, after coming out the Super Bowl win, not only that, but they started 2011 13-0. and mm-hmm. And I think they were 10-0 and going into that game. And I think almost every writer said, this is where the streak ends. Detroit's yeah. a hot upcoming team. Matthew Stafford, he threw for over 5,000 yards that year and 41 touchdowns. And they made it to the playoffs that year. So people thought this is – and they're not saying Detroit's the better team. They just feel like this is where the Packers are going to hit a bump in the road. And they came out – and I think they, they came out to, what, a 21 nothing lead mm-hmm. earlier in the game. And then, of course, when Dinovic and Sue was ejected from the game, I thought, okay, there you go. That's just going to take the fire all out of Detroit. Packers are going to walk away with the win, and they did. Yeah, the good time. I mean, there's moments, you know, you can go back uh, before our time, um, you know, games against the Cowboys in there as well, but uh, before our time. So I, I can't really speak to that. One thing I, I want to run by you, Chris, and I've, I have kind of had this idea before, and I won't take credit for it because I, I heard it from somewhere else, but it's something that I always like to bring up every Thanksgiving. Everyone always kind of talks about maybe a way to make Thanksgiving games a little bit better because for so long the Cowboys and Lions were so bad and the the games on Thanksgiving became you know, almost unwatchable at times, but an idea that I've liked for a long time and I would love to see implemented, and it doesn't have to be the Lions and Cowboys games, those can stay, but the third game, your third game on Thanksgiving is a King of the Hill style game every single year. And you you start it with, I don't know, whenever you want to start it, but the home team, you play the two games, whoever wins gets to host a Thanksgiving night game the next year. If you win, you keep winning and you keep hosting until somebody knocks you off and then it goes to somebody else. Something to follow every every single year. Make it almost college style. Oh yeah, you know when you when you think of something like that, it, it, it's a win win situation. What do you have to lose? It's right. Football. People are gonna stay up and watch it. You know, people can complain all they want about the NFL about oh it's too much of a passing league. People are still gonna watch it. So I, I completely agree. I think that'd be a fun thing to do. Up the stakes a little bit. Make it more of a king of the hill. Yeah. And I, and I think too. I mean. The regular season, obviously, every single week counts, but, you know, there's no game. There's no, there's, there's nothing like you have in college, like the game or like a trophy game. And I'm not saying bring out some kind of weird, you know, cliched trophy thing, but to have a game that I think has some kind of significance for the next season, no matter what happens the rest of your season, I think it would be something kind of unique and special that the NFL could try out, especially on a day that they absolutely own. Exactly. So switch it to you. What is your favorite Thanksgiving game or Thanksgiving moment? Well, I I think you hit on it. I I think that the 2011 game, the Indomitian Sioux game, uh, is, I mean, it's probably the one that sticks out to me the most when I think back to a Packers moment. Um, you know, how, about, it, how about any moment? Not even Packers. It can just be any Thanksgiving moment. 
Because to me, <laughs> one that really one that really comes to me is the butt fumble. Oh, that's People forget right. that was a Thanksgiving I game. I totally forgot that was a Thanksgiving game. That was the probably the best play in Thanksgiving history. Wow. <laughs> the butt fumble. <laughs> and speaking of that, okay, Sarah Sanchez is coming back. <laughs> One of the Redskins. The Sanchez that won't die. That butt fumble, that's <laughs> they really practice good. practice that? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, the one that I instantly think of every time I think of Thanksgiving, and it's so simple, it's so insignificant, and it's so stupid. But I don't know why it sticks out to me. The Titans and Lions from I think, I think it was like 2012 or 2000. I think it was 2012 or 13. It had to have been 12. And Chris Johnson came out and he ran. I mean, rub shot over. I, mean, I think it was his thousand yard season. Um, and. I don't know why it sticks out, but them trying to – the Lions trying to challenge a play that was unchallengeable, and they lost – and they, like, got a penalty and lost a timeout. And I don't know why that play sticks out to me, but when I think of Thanksgiving, that's one of the first things I think of because I just know it happened on Thanksgiving. Oh, I think it was uh, – of course, Jim Schwartz was the coach. Oh, yeah, it was definitely Schwartz. And I remember – I think it was against Jim Harbaugh, of course – and Harbaugh tried to challenge a play that was unchallengeable, and he got a penalty. And Schwartz was on the opposite end of the field, and he was yelling, "Know the rules! Know the rules!" And you, you know, you're, the, right. Was no, and, you're right. And then all of a sudden, in 2012, he challenges it; he gets penalized. So I thought, "Wow, karma, man!" <laughs> That's why I feel like that might have stuck out to you, is because of all of that. That's right. You very good. Yeah, you you have got the. You've got the steel trap memory between us here. <laughs> um, but something we wanted to kind of talk overall with, um, we're still trying to recover from the game on, on Monday night. Uh, I mean, one of the uh, – possibly one of the most exciting games that I've gotten a chance to watch. And I only turned it on with like two minutes left in the first half. Um, really? So, I mean, thankfully I got to, I got to watch I think probably the, the more exciting part of it in that second half. Um, I ha- just how do you how do you not love a game like that? And I know, and I know you you kind of brought up a little bit, you know, um, people or, or yourself, like you say, uh, looking for more defense. And I get and I get that, but I think that there's there's just something innate about just an absolute gunslinging atmos- shootout. The, the atmosphere that was there already, and then it's a yeah, you mentioned a gunslinging a shootout just how awesome was that game to watch you know a couple weeks ago when the Patriots were playing the Chiefs I watched the first half and I was so tired I thought okay I need to go like and I and I left the bar because I thought you know staying at a bar and watching a full game is pretty tough for me and I left and then all of a sudden I read the next day how great it was and so I thought next time I'm not leaving at halftime and so when this this Monday night game, I was tired. It was halftime. I thought, no way, I'm not. I'm not going home. I'm going to stay because this is going to be huge. And I am so glad I didn't. That was by far the game of the year, one of the best games ever, and one of the best shootouts ever. By far, and and, and I mean to relate it back to the Packers. Uh, listening to Dan Levitard today, the one of the first things they they said a game like that should make Packers fans incredibly angry because <laughs> how the hell 
does Patrick Mahomes throw what was it five five touch six touchdowns six touchdowns six touchdowns four hundred and seventy eight yards three interceptions and two fumbles returned for touchdowns <laughs> and he hung up fifty one points. How? I mean, I, they, they brought up the question, uh, you know, ironically, should Mike McCarthy have been fired at halftime of that Monday night football game? Because people finally realize, how the hell are you doing that with Jared Goff and Patrick Mahomes, but you've got Aaron Rodgers and you struggled to, you were worried about converting a fourth and two. Right. And also uh, Mahomes, I think one of the reasons why he was able to put up those numbers, despite uh, three interceptions and uh, those two fumbles was the fact that he threw a pick six. So after that turnover, he got the ball back right away. And then when he fumbled, they scooped it up and scored. So he got the ball back right away. So it wasn't Saved like himself a lot of time. Exactly. So, so it's not like he, he turned the ball over and then they were on a five minute drive. He turned the ball over and then he got it right back. But that just shows you how, you know, usually turnovers like that just deflate a team. And then they're sluggish after that. They didn't miss a beat after those turnovers, which I love. It shows a lot of character right there. And if you take a look at this, between Mahomes and Goff, 891 passing yards, 10 touchdowns, 105 total points. First time ever that an NFL game, both teams scored over 50 points. First time a team who scored over 50 points lost. I think I think they showed a statistic that before this game, teams that scored over fifty points were two hundred and sixteen and zero. And now, and now this is the UMBC game. the The number one seed is finally <laughs> loses to the sixteen. Yeah. <laughs> well, oh, man. Well, I mean, great. Well, you okay? You brought up something that I found fan uh, fantastic, but comparing this game to probably one of my favorite Packer moments from 2011. I mean, as great as this game was, if we want to relate it back to the Packers again here, Matt Flynn mm-hmm. had almost an equally impressive game that nobody talks about anymore. Nobody talks about it. Packer fans still know it in the back of their heads. But if you turn on the NFL network or you look at class, read NFL articles, nobody will ever talk about that game. Week 17, Packers-Lions. Matthew Stafford and Matt Flynn combine for an NFL record 1,000 passing yards flat and 11 touchdown passes. That's more yards and touchdown passes than Mahomes and Goff got yesterday, and nobody ever talks about it. I'm thinking – I still think that Flynn and Stafford, that's probably the number one shootout in NFL history. In this game, you can make a strong argument is number two. Personally, for that that game, one of my all-time favorites because – it was January 1st. My birthday is December 30th. So we went up to Green Bay and celebrated my 21st birthday in Green <laughs> Bay. The The following night is New Year's Eve. We go to the bar in, in Green Bay called Shabooms, where it was $12 all you could drink all night long. That's and dangerous. then we woke up. <laughs> it's incredibly dangerous and should probably be illegal. We woke <laughs> up the next day with the worst hangover of my life, and I sat in the freezing cold of Lambeau Field, and I was like, well, it's Matt Flynn. I'm just going to be happy with whatever happens. And then he comes out and looks like he should be the one uh, that – took the Packers to the Super Bowl the year before. One of my all-time favorite Packer games. Oh, yeah, and Jordy Nelson hauling in three touchdowns. 
And of course, uh, Aaron Rodgers didn't play. Greg Jennings didn't play. Charles Woodson didn't play. Clay Matthews didn't play. So you're playing without your two, without your number one receiver in Greg Jennings, without your two best defensive players. And it still turned out to be arguably the most entertaining game of the year in an historic season. Yeah, that was, that was, I mean, that's the game that took him to, to 15 and one. And, uh, and, and that's the game that got Matt Flynn a payday. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I, and there's, there's a tweet somewhere hanging around uh, freezing cold takes where when they decided to, then the following off season, make Russell Wilson, the starter over Matt Flynn. I said, did Pete Carroll really just start Russell Wilson over a guy who did this and tweeted the link to Matt Flynn's six touchdown passes against the Lions? Yeah, it's too bad with Flynn because I thought that he was going to go to Miami because that's when Joe Philbin went to become the head coach right. there. So I thought Flynn was going to go to Miami. Uh, it turned out to be the biggest mistake of his career. Matt Flynn is a Hall of Famer at the <laughs> bank. That guy knows how to get a paycheck. Yes, he is. And then he went to Buffalo, went to Oakland, played for the Bills. Of course, he made it way back to Green Bay. <laughs> to the chagrin of many. And, um, well, he led him back to the playoffs that season. Yeah, that's that's very true. I mean, and with the long, uh, this Monday night football game too, I mean, expanded out to the rest of the NFL. This has been an incredible season for NFL quarterbacks this year. And actually even driving home today, um, listening to the Detroit radio stations, they bring up Aaron Rodgers uh, passer rating and touchdown interception ratio, where he's at 19 touchdowns to one interception and talking about, do you feel bad for Aaron Rodgers? I mean, obviously that's coming from a Detroit standpoint. They obviously didn't feel too bad for Aaron Rodgers, but I mean, comparatively Aaron Rodgers is playing in, a league that's allowing a game like we just saw on Monday night. And he seems to just be struggling and you feel frustrated, especially when you see what, you know, Patrick Mahomes is doing drew Brees, You, you talked about him uh, before we came on a little bit. Uh, I mean, all of those guys, and it just frustrates you when you see what kind of NFL we have going on right now. And Aaron Rodgers seems to not be able to take advantage of that, whether it's scheme, yeah. what he, whatever he's doing himself. It's a, it's a mixture of Aaron Rodgers and Mike McCarthy. Because if you take a look, 10 quarterbacks, not counting Ryan Fitzpatrick. You want to count Ryan Fitzpatrick, that makes it 11. <laughs> 11 players with a passer rating over 100. Six players have a passer rating over 110. And yet Rodgers is what? I think he's 11th in the league in passer rating with a pretty pretty solid passer rating. So it seems to me that the league's getting easier for everyone else but getting harder for the Packers because they're not adjusting. They're not keeping up with the times. And that's what's getting frustrating. That's why you take a look at Andy Reid and Sean McVay. You know, Sean McVay's a young gun, so he he's growing up in this new, you know, air it out style offenses. Andy Reid's been around for a long time. So that shows you Andy Reid's adjusting. He's changing things up. And, of course, you go from Alex Smith, you know, the basic of the basic, you know, and then to check down, check down Charlie. And then all of a sudden Patrick Mahomes comes out and it's air it out. You know, he, he changes it up with no matter who's under center. And so that's what I think is so frustrating. And if you take a look at just the year of the quarterback, Peyton Manning, I've took a look at his 2009 MVP season. 
His passer rating was 99.9. That'd be 11th this year. Uh, and, and in 2008, he also won MVP. His passer rating was 95. That would be 17th this year. That's it's just it's, it's mind-boggling. They say that the average NFL quarterback this year through 16 games is better statistically in every category than Manning's MVP 2009 season. That just shows you this this huge jump in in quarterback play, which makes it even more frustrating about Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, and I think it. I think too, it, it might even speak a little bit to, you know, how much. I guess uh, kind of off the cuff, play devil's advocate a little bit. How much does a quarterback rating really? It doesn't mean as us, much anymore. You know what anymore. I mean? Well, let me let me just throw this, these statistics out to you right now, too. Matt Ryan, okay, he's completing seventy-one point one percent of his passes, twenty-two touchdowns, only four interceptions, passer rating one eleven point five. Sounds like an MVP, right? His team is four and six. You put up those numbers, your team is four and six. Back in the day, you would be runaway, almost unanimous MVP, lock it up. They would be 10 and 0 or 9 and 1. Instead, they're four and six. And, you know, if you took a look at uh, Joe Montana's career passer rating, would be 20th in the league this year. Favre's career passer rating would be 25th. Elway's would be 31st compared to pass ratings today. Hell, Jameis Winston's pass rating this season is higher than John Elway's average. So it, it's like it, it's, it's like adjusting for inflation when you look at wealth throughout the years. You have to adjust mm-hmm. for inflation. Same thing with NFL and passer ratings. It's going up every couple, every decade. It's getting higher and higher. Yeah, and, and uh, to bring this full circle back to Thanksgiving, we're going to see Drew Brees on Thanksgiving night. That's the game – personally that I'm looking forward to the most I've been watching the Saints as much as possible not because they're so entertaining but because of course they traded their draft pick to the Packers so the worse they play the better the draft pick and of course they're not giving the Packers any you know any help with that and and Drew Brees right now I I said this to you before the uh, the podcast but he's on his way to breaking Rodgers passer rating record single season passer rating record and, of course, he's completing 77% of his passes. So he's having arguably the most efficient passing season in NFL history if he keeps this up. And it's scary because I don't see them slowing down if they stay healthy. Yeah, me either. And I, personally, for me, I I, I love this. I, I mean, I'm I'm all for this. I'm, I'm, I'm still obviously a huge Packer fan. I'm going to watch every game and root for them. But at the same time, I'm subtly in tank mode at this point in the season. And uh, I'm, I'm just looking to get the best draft pick. So if I can find any kind of entertaining football to watch outside of the Packers, I am going to take it wherever I can. And right now uh, teams like the saints Rams chiefs, I am, I am going to uh, enjoy watching those as much as I can as Same I swap through the Packer games. I, I, I try to watch them as much as possible, which is why I want to write the NFL letter of why they constantly have the Cowboys on primetime. <laughs> you know, it's like I want to watch like this Rams game, but no, it's the Cowboys-Giants or Cowboys-Redskins, America's Game of the Week. No, it's not. It's not America's Game of the Week. It's a crappy game. It, it's, it's the football equivalent of – Yankees Red Sox no matter how those teams are doing America always has to watch them yeah it's so frustrating to watch that and of course uh, it's Saints and the Falcons so I expect that to be a fun game 
no matter what. I want to see Julio Jones against uh, Marshawn Lattimore in display. That that's going to be a fun game. I mean, it's in the uh, Superdome, correct? Yep. Well, they're both playing domes. I guess so they, they do. Yeah, they both uh, play in domes. So it's if, in New Orleans, right? Uh, I, I'm only, I, I, I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure. Okay, I believe you. But uh, I mean that I'll watch I'll watch a Saints game at home anytime. That that's an atmosphere that I envy uh, more than anything. Um, you know, as we kind of wrap up a little bit, Chris, uh, a non-football topic. I want <laughs> I want your most underrated Thanksgiving side dish or food. Thanksgiving side dish or food dessert. Uh, Thanksgiving oh, Thanksgiving food item. Who's the Aaron Jones? Of your Thanksgiving dinner. Oh, Thanksgiving dinner? I don't – I really like the basic things everybody likes. Uh, to me, you can't have Thanksgiving without stuffing. And I don't think anybody thinks that's underrated. Right. Or, that's actually – more people would say that's overrated. But to me, it's underrated. I, I really have no idea. What do, you, what do you think? I've always – I've always been a proponent of more green bean casserole. Okay. At Thanksgiving. I think that is incredibly underrated. It it comes in there and it disguises itself as healthy vegetables, but then <laughs> slaps you upside the head with all of that onion and uh and sodium crap. And so <laughs> it, it instantly bloated. becomes it instantly becomes terrible for you, but it also tricks you into thinking that you're somewhat healthy because it's green. And green is a vegetable. Well, maybe maybe it balances out. You have green vegetables and sodium. It balances itself out. That's what I've said. That's what I've <laughs> the vegetables are still there. Whatever I put on it doesn't negate what the vegetables are. The vegetables are still there doing their vegetable job. <laughs> well, uh, uh, anyway, Chris, um, I hope you uh, have a happy Thanksgiving. Any big plans for the holiday? Yes. Uh, we go up north to my uncle's cottage up in Vilas County, Wisconsin. And they live in a lake called Tippecanoe and they have a family friends who live on the opposite side of the lake. And we go on something, we call it the death March where after you eat all your Thanksgiving food, get on your gear in the snow and you're going to take a hike all the way across the lake <laughs> to his friend's place. It's a couple miles. So after you eat that, so we oh call my it, God. we call it the death March and challenge ourselves after eating all that food. <laughs> People think my family's nuts and we are. A little bit. <laughs> so, and of course my girlfriend, this is her first time doing it. We're going to force her to do it. First time at the death march. Yes. First time on the death march. <laughs> because uh, at my uncle's place, we don't have a television. Our, uh, our uh, Their friends do. So if you want to watch the Packer oh. game, you well, have to walk over there. That's how it. That's how the tradition started. Now the death march makes a lot more sense because I'll walk five miles in the snow if it means I'm going to go get to watch football. Exactly. <laughs> well, I'm going to be down here in the heart of uh, of Thanksgiving in Detroit. Um, turkey trot, uh, the parade downtown, and it's the first time having actual Thanksgiving on Thanksgiving Day in Detroit. Um, so it's the first time I've actually had to plan a Thanksgiving dinner around people coming home from the football game. We've got about 30 people coming to this Thanksgiving dinner. It's going to be intense. And all I'm going to want to do is sit and watch football while we eat. And I have a really sneaky suspicion that I am not going to get my way. 
because everybody else would have already had their football for the day and they just want to eat and get drunk. And I'm like, no, for, this is an all day thing for me. Just oh, yeah. leave me here. Yeah. So, uh, so anyway, that wraps up uh, our Thanksgiving episode. Hope uh, you guys enjoyed it. Hope you enjoy the rest of your Thanksgiving. Enjoy it with your family, no matter what happens football wise, Packer wise, whatever the teams are doing, enjoy this time. Uh, with your family, friends, loved ones, uh, whoever you're spending the the holiday with, be thankful for it. Um, make sure that you're following us on all of our platforms, iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, Cheesehead TV. Subscribe, rate, and review. It means the world to us uh, as we get things going through here. Make sure that you follow Chris and I on Twitter as well, at DK all the way for myself, at Chris Schimmel. For Chris, uh, we always appreciate people talking back with us uh, about what we talk about. Uh, and uh, any final thought, Chris, you kind of want to do final thoughts, uh, a quick look ahead to the Vikings, right? Yeah, going up against the Vikings because the Vikings defense is starting to click. Uh, and, you know, they're fifth in total defense, sixth against the pass, fourth against the run. But also they're number one in third down and they're number one in red zone defense. And so the Packers, who, of course, have been struggling tremendously in the red zone this year, are really going to have to get things going against the Vikings. Yeah, it's going to be interesting, too, because Kirk Cousins and that offense kind of went right down against the Bears, man. But then again, it's like, well, the Bears have a really, really darn good defense. And, of course, when when another team struggles on offense, the Packers are just what they need to get things going again, unfortunately. (laughs) Yeah, you're right. Not, there. not trying to be pessimistic, but <laughs> just being honest. Yeah. So hopefully that doesn't happen this time. Yeah. And I also realized that uh, my description of Kirk Cousins was a silent hand motion going down that nobody except Chris was able to see. So I think that that's probably the sign that uh, we are absolutely done with this episode. <laughs> um, <laughs> for myself, for my partner, Chris Schimmel, from all of us here at Packaday Podcast, we wish you a happy Thanksgiving. And as always, go pack, go. Go pack, go. Osweiler steps back to an empty shotgun. Three receivers bunch right, two are split to the left. Backer showing blitz up the gut, snap over the head of Osweiler. It's up to grab and recovered by the Green Bay. Kenny Clark all over it at the 30-yard line of the Packers. Adams goes wide to the left. Offset eye in the backfield, Rogers straight back to throw. Looks, left out of the end zone, diving grab, touchdown, Delontae Adams. Single back offense behind Aaron Rodgers, who ducks in under center. They get motion from St. Brown to the left side. From the 29 of Green Bay, and here's the handoff up the middle. Big haul, straight ahead. Here's Aaron Jones, off to the races, to the 20, to the 15, to the 10, down the left sideline, and he's out of bounds. Inside the 10 of the five-yard line of Miami, Aaron Jones with a first, 67 yards. Jimmy Graham wide to the right side. Three receivers bunched tight on the left. Aaron Jones on the left side of the quarterback, Aaron Rodgers in shotgun. And off Jones, picks his way off the right side, fights for the goal line, and did he get in? Yes, he did. Touchdown! Second down and nine from the 27 of Miami. Osweiler play action, deep drop, throws left side, intercepted! Down the right sideline, Rashad Breeland inside the 20, and he's forked out of bounds. Breeland with his first interception for the Packers.
single safety high Miami. Soft coverage on the corner. Snap to Rodgers on second down at 25. Lost right side. Pat Adams at the five. Cuts it back. Ends up. High stepping. Touchdown. Devontae Adams popped wide open. 26-yard touchdown catch. And it's 27-12 Green Bay. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.